What up, fam? This is Jack Settleman, and we are testing something here called a solo pod. So not going to do an intro of a mini break in the middle, but I asked you guys to send in some questions in my snap story on at snapback pod on Instagram. The first question, let me just pull it up for us here. The first question <laughs> came from someone on the snapback pod story, and they said so very kindly. CC C Carter 27 where the f is Abe and what the f does he think he's doing Abe keeps me going so we'll give love to Abe first of all and I was the one who skipped the last pod I took my first vacation in a couple years so thank you for letting us skip and then today Abe was on a long trip to Rhode Island took him seven hours on the way back we were gonna try and go for it I leave for the Ravens game at 5 a.m. so the morning wasn't quite an option so I said you know what I'm going to go solo on this and I'm curious your guys feedback and I'm excited to answer a bunch of your questions but to answer the question I was responsible for missing Monday's pod I didn't want to make us miss a two pod streak so I'm filling in solo but Abe has a valid excuse Oh, Claridon, where the fuck is Abe? Seems like a lot of people are interested in Abe's whereabouts. He's okay. He's excited. So I'm going to start with at uh, Snapback Pod on Instagram. I'm going to answer a couple questions. First, Warner Gaffart. Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that last name. Warner's a huge fan of the pod, so I do not want to mess that up. But his question, Bulls or Sixers? Who will go further in the playoffs? I was actually having this thought on the way back from the Knicks game tonight as I post something that said Showtime Bulls on the snapback story. The Bulls, to me, resemble a lot of last year's Hawks team. They went all in on free agency. They're not quite there in terms of how having the talent level. They're a mid-tier team in the Eastern Conference. Now, did the Hawks benefit from Ben Simmons' lack of abilities and an absolute debacle down the stretch. Yes. Did they benefit from a shortened, weird 72 game season? Yes. Do I even put the bulls cap their ceiling at a conference finals appearance? I don't know if I do, but I will give them that for now. We're 12 games into the season. They've got seven or eight wins. They're a good basketball team. That's going to win a lot of regular season games. The difference is maybe, 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 maybe Lonzo gets better. Zach Levine gets better. Vucevic won't really get better, but Patrick Williams will be back next year. So maybe they can continue an upward trajectory. I'm just being nice. The Bulls are what we consider cuties. The last question from Snapback Pod that I'll answer before we move to my story on Snap is from Brady Landry 04 on Instagram. What team improves the most with OBJ? This is an easy one to me. It's the Packers. The Packers are a obviously a threat in the NFC when Rodgers is back. The NFC seems up for grabs. Of course, you've got Brady and the Bucks. The Rams seem strong, although they've dropped a couple questionable ones at home. The Cardinals feel like that exciting young team with K1. I, I will continue to say I don't think the Cardinals are the complete football team to go all the way, but... Look, with all their backups, they demolished San Fran on the road. Second time they've done that kind of this season. So I'll give it to the Packers. I don't quite, 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 quite think people are recognizing what he could do to that offense. 
Devontae Adams, obviously a stud. They've got Dylan Jones in the backfield lacking now with Tanya and her, but Odell on single coverage playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the game last year's MVP would just be spectacular. So I'm going to go with the Packers. It's the fit I want to see. I'll give a special extra shout out. If you want to call it that to the Patriots, they spent a lot of money in free agency on wide receivers, Kendrick Bourne. I don't know why they did that. They've got Jacoby Myers, Aguilar. I think they brought in, so they could use an explosive, explosive player like him. And and Bill, you know, if you had asked me five years ago, would the Patriots or Bill Belichick take a diva like Odell? Of course not. But they did it with Moss, right? Which is goes back past those five years. And they did it with AB. They took the risk on AB. So maybe he's more willing to risk it for the biscuit. And maybe Odell's a play there. Odell apparently showing interest. And the most recent report from Rappaport, Ian Rappaport on Twitter, NFL news guy, was that Odell Beckham's going to take a little time, which makes me wonder, is there really not a market for Odell Beckham Jr.? I would find that very hard to believe. But to be fair, he was very picky, I should say, with the list of teams he's considering. So... Odell to the Packers would intrigue me the most. Next question, we're moving to Snapchat, comes from Noah Williams. His question is, your thoughts on the whole Jokic heat fiasco? This is an interesting one. So if you didn't see the play, Markeith Morris of the heat kind of takes a hard foul in transition. You got a 13-point game late in the fourth. Probably not, you know, the elbow to the ribs, obviously a little much. Jokic retaliation, Morris had his back turned, he shoves him down to the ground. So you would think the internet and, and us would react that Jokic, cheap shot, Morris, I think they even brought the stretcher out for him at one point, cheap shot, and, and Jokic acknowledged it. He can't act like that. You just can't do that. Then you've got the, you know, you got Jimmy Butler and the Heat chirping, Haslam. I'm not buying it. And I don't think the rest of the league was either. It's this fake tough guy thing that Butler and the Heat seem to do. You know, you protect your guy, but you're not really going to do anything. No one fights in the NBA anymore. It's a social media league, right? So then you go really crazy. You get Marcus Morris of the Clippers tweeting at him. You got Jokic's brothers creating a burner account, tweeting at him. Now you've got rumors that Jokic's brothers are going to the game November 29th in Miami. The whole thing's a mess. To be honest, we're going to move on. I'll probably watch the first quarter of that game, see if anything happens. And life will go on. My only take on the matter is while Jokic's cheap shot is, is just not appreciated and was bad, right? That that'll be the first classification. Number two, though, this is last year's MVP. If, if 2008 or 10, whenever Derrick Rose won the MVP, if Derrick Rose late in the fourth quarter got cheap shot in the ribs, the city of Chicago would have found Markeith Morris's home and burned it to the ground. If LeBron James got cheap shot, remember last year, two years ago, when Solomon Hill accidentally, complete accident, had his foot on the ground, LeBron turns his ankles. People wanted him banned from the league. They created, you know, so I just think we're not giving Jokic his respect as an MVP. And if it happened to anyone else, any other prior MVP, Morris probably gets suspended, to be honest. So that's my takeaway from that situation. That question was from Noah Williams. 
I got a question from Jax. Have you ever done a 33? I don't know what that is. So if you guys listening know, please DM me. I'm actually pretty curious about that one. Next question comes from Corey. How has your lifestyle changed since you started your business on Snapchat and partnerships and everything else? This is an interesting question. I would love that if Corey was on here, right? I could go a little deeper with him to fully get his understanding of this question. But how has my lifestyle changed? So I'll say point one is in January, I didn't really talk about it publicly a ton, but I did leave my full-time job and went all in on Snapback. It was the most exciting point of my life. I absolutely love it every day. It's the greatest decision I've ever made. So lifestyle-wise, I can give you a few changes, right? I'm not sitting at a desk from a nine to five job every single day. Uh, Maybe doing work that isn't necessary. Maybe not doing work to fill my time. Everything I am doing now is for a reason. It's for a point. It's to build snapback. It's to build the business. Um, I now wake up later. I'm getting out of bed at 830, nine o'clock. A lot of people, successful business people suggest get up early, do your meditations and all that. I, I covet my sleep. So I want my eight, nine hours. I need it. I don't drink caffeine. I don't do coffee. So that's definitely one change. I'll go to the gym from nine to 10 at breakfast, 10 30. So my day really isn't flowing till 11. Whereas a lot of people really like to get their day done, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11. That's where I will say that is where the creative juices tend to flow is early in the morning for a lot of people. For me, I like to ease into the day. And I think that 11 to five o'clock is six really strong hours to get work done. Like I'm not lollygagging. I'm really knocking things out. Now, the one thing is my work hours do kind of go late at night, right? Like I'm covering the games. I'm doing IG lives. I'm doing YouTube lives. I'm very active in the night portion, but it's at a little less of a, of a doing it's casual. It's relaxed to a degree. It's a lot. But once again, it's not very uh, thought intensive. It's not energy consuming. I'm kind of on just maintaining. So I will say that's kind of how my life has changed. My schedule has changed. Now, lifestyle wise, I've had great opportunities to go to more games, which I've been having a lot of fun with. I finally got to go on a vacation like we mentioned earlier in the pod. So those are just a couple of the changes that I would say my lifestyle has changed. I don't buy fancy clothes. I don't buy jewelry. It's not really of interest to me. Shoes, fashion, none of that really is that exciting. Any extra money I have, I'm taking and I'm investing it. It's why I started Illiquid, the new Snap show we just launched talking about the world of money because I want to share these things with the world. I'm no expert. I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch, but making those aware, I wish someone would have told me about. I had to go do my research, listen to podcasts, read on YouTube, read articles, all that good stuff. So that's a very long answer. I don't know what parts of that, Corey, you were interested in, but kind of wanted to cover it all. So from Dylan L, what is the best sports moment you have ever seen live in person? Um, and, and someone else actually asked, okay. So Matt Suppinger said the exact same question. His comment though was don't be biased though, which is pretty funny. It's my best sports moment, which I would think would be biased. Right? So I'll give you one that I don't think anyone knows about. You know, I, I was at the Ravens Super Bowl. That's obviously the coolest sports moment, but the best sports moment ever. And you guys can look this up on YouTube 
Maryland ter- Terrapins. I grew up in Maryland. We were at a game. They were playing Georgia Tech. It was a low-scoring ACC game back when the Terps were in the ACC. I was probably mid-court, like, I don't know, lower bowl section, um, just to give you context. And they're down to six seconds left. And Grievous Vasquez, who was like a Maryland legend, he was electric. He ended up playing for the Raptors for a little. Hits a half-court shot for the win. The stadium is going berserk. I mean, it was it was nuts. Then you see the refs blowing the whistles. And you're like, oh, maybe there's a couple seconds left on the clock or millisecond, whatever. Gary Williams, their head coach, maybe it was Turgeon by them. The Maryland head coach, I think it was Williams, had called a timeout. So now... Instead of he called it while Grievous was dribbling to take the shot. So now the ball gets so you've now seen the entire stadium erupt, and now the entire stadium has their hands on their head. And then out of the timeout they run a play, and his name was Cliff Tucker. I believe he passed away. Rest in peace. Cliff Tucker hits a buzzer beater three. And just like the craziest range of emotions. So that's one that, you know, it's not the Super Bowl. It's not March Madness. It's not anything crazy like that. But just a really, really cool sports moment that I was live at that game. So to Matt and to Dylan, I would say that is my favorite sports moment. Question from Justin. Don't have a last name here. But why use crypto when it's terrible for the environment? So one I'll preface with. Look, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think I can speak on it. I don't think Justin can speak on it either. I don't think we know enough, and I don't think the reporting is necessarily you know plentiful to speak to the environment, right? So that's number one. Number two, there's a lot of studies that say it's really not as bad as it gets framed as. And number three, I would say there's so many bad things going on with the environment right now. Do you leave the sink on when you're you know brushing your teeth? Do you recycle? Do There's a lot of things that I'm just not going to feel necessarily like I'm doing damage to the environment by investing in cryptocurrency. So that's kind of my take on that one, which leads to Hunter Cooper's question. I want to get into crypto. What crypto should I get and how do I know when to invest in one? So it's a great question, Hunter. And I, I will obviously have to preface this legally i cannot give financial advice so this is not financial advice but my advice to someone who's interested in cryptocurrency first do your research right go on youtube uh there's this incredible book by antonopolis it's it's the money of bitcoin the something of bitcoin he's super famous let me actually get it for you guys real quick let me pull this up i've read both uh number one and number two let me look at what it is called. Okay. The Internet of Money by Andreas Antonopoulos. It is a four-hour book, audio book. So really, like, spend an afternoon, spend two afternoons. The Internet of Money by Andreas Antonopoulos. I thought that was how I got into it. That was how what got me really interested. So number one, absolutely do your research and read up on it. Don't get into it just because I'm posting out, just because you see these crazy returns and all that. My advice would be to buy Bitcoin. And I just think it's the safest. It's been around the longest. And you're not necessarily 
going to get the returns that you see on Instagram, right? Dogecoin. Oh my God, he put a hundred bucks in, he made 10 grand. Guys, I understand how fun that sounds. It's just not realistic. But put your money where it is safest. And then once you grow a portfolio, then you can take other risks. But I would go with Bitcoin. I have Ethereum holdings as well. I feel comfortable with those two. But understand that you're buying this stuff for a very long time, right? So I've had Bitcoin when it was at $17,000 and it dropped to $5,000 or $3,000, right? And now it's at seventy, dollars and it could come back down to thirteen, right? So just be conscious of your time horizon on it um, and, and understand that exactly. So Hunter, that is what I would answer to your question about crypto. Joey Laudani said, how was the Bahamas? Thank you for asking. The trip was awesome. I had a great time with my girlfriend, Hallie. Um, the Bahamas was a little more expensive than I thought it would be. $6 for a Dasani water bottle. I don't know how I feel about that, but it was a great time. And I'm super, super happy that I got an opportunity to take a vacation. I thank you guys for being patient with me on my vacation. Easton asked, how happy does it make you to connect with the snapback fam in public and through stuff like this, i.e. asking questions, advice, betting, fantasy, all that stuff. It's the dream. I mean, it's the dream. You know, you grow up and you watch these incredible sports personalities on ESPN and Sports Center, and you want to be a commentator like Mike Breen on TV. And you never really imagine that Snapchat would give you that platform. And so you guys know how hard I've put in the work to give back to the fam, do giveaways, meet up with them at games. We gave away a t-shirt tonight for our sponsorship with TickPick to Judah. Uh, I met him at the game. It was really cool. So yeah, it, it makes me the happiest that I could be. It's the goal of Snapback is to connect with the next generation of sports fans, which is my fam, my Snapback fam. So uh, Easton, great question and, and very happy to be in this position. Chase said, what's the best food you've had at a sporting event and where was it? This is easy. This is a super easy question. The Yankees have this stadium. What's it called? It's these luxury like field boxes, essentially. I, I'm blanking on the name, but you get to the stadium about an hour early and it's white tablecloth buffet at a baseball game but they've got lobster they've got crab they've got steak they've got tacos they've got hot dogs pizza literally whatever you could want but like not whatever you could want all you could eat like real good stuff filet and lobster and just incredible food so you get that you pig out and when i went we got really lucky and i'll tell you why so we got there an hour early. I'm on my fourth shrimp cocktail uh, as the game's about to start. And the, the white tablecloth service stops after the, um, I think like the second or third inning. So, you know, we're watching the game on TV, which is funny because you go to the baseball game and you end up eating food all night. But right as the inning is about to end, the, going into the bottom of the third, let's call it, it starts raining. So there's a rain delay and they don't close it until it gets through the bottom of the third. So I was so happy. I had another shrimp cocktail, more lobster, more steak. Then the rain clears up. We went out 
and it's free food delivery to your seat. So I'm getting popcorn and hot dog and M&Ms and sodas. I don't drink sodas, waters, lemonade, etc. So I would say that is by far the coolest and best food I've ever had at a sporting event is the Yankee Stadium. And I did not pay for those tickets. I It was for an internship during my college days um, at Hashtag Sports. So I'll never forget that one. That's for sure. Maybe a few sports questions here. Let's start with Sean Baum. Are the Cowboys legit? I think the Cowboys are legit. I would not put them in the cuties category. I think Dak is super efficient. Their defense looks like it's playing much better, flying around the field. Trayvon Diggs maybe will get exposed a little over the course of the year, but you get interceptions, you kind of cover a lot of that stuff up. So, uh the Cowboys, I would say, are legit. Not my favorite to win the NFC, but legit nonetheless. Braden Petrie, um, who is a huge fan, and I'm a huge fan of his. He's having fun. He's traveling the country with TickPick. I see him post every Sunday. His questions about his squad. Will the Bengals make the playoffs? The Bengals, 10 days ago, first in the AFC North. 10 days later, last in the division. How quickly things can change. Will the Bengals make the playoffs? Seven teams, 17 weeks. We're about to see the AFC North absolutely beat up on each other. Can the Bengals, who are 5-4, and four, get to 10 wins in a competitive AFC North? That's 5-3 five and that's five and three over their next eight games. I'm going to go... I don't know. Let me look. I'm going to do this for you, Braden. Bengals schedule. So they already beat the Ravens on the road. That's a huge win. They go at Oakland. They get the they get the Steelers, the Chargers, the Niners. They got a nice three-game home stretch um, after their bye. So they go at, at Las Vegas in a three-game home stretch. That'll be the make or break. I think they can beat the Steelers, the Niners. The Chargers will be interesting. They get the Broncos on the road. They get the Bengals, Chiefs, Brad. I'm going to go no. I'm just going to go no. One team from the AFC North won't make it. Maybe two. Maybe the Steelers won't make it. So, Braden, I hate to say it. I'm going to go no. Would it shock me if they made it? Of course not. Ryan Amos, are you surprised by the Cavs start? To answer this question, truthfully, yes, of course. But I actually think I was a year early on the Cavs. I really liked Cleveland last season. I thought they had a really interesting roster with Kevin Love coming back, and I thought they'd be pretty competitive. They shut Love down. They really just never got going. They were awful defensively. So, no, the addition of Mobley, everyone was healthy for a little. Now Sexton's out. But I'm not too shocked by the Cavs' start. Because I think it will fade. I don't think they're one of the top four teams in the East as they're currently in the standings. But are they a good young team? Absolutely. I'm excited for Cleveland fans. They they definitely deserve it. Um, let's see. Other question. David Still. Does Purdue have an actual shot at Ohio State? Whew. Uh, I know they just beat number two and number three, but I'm going to go. No, I think Ohio state who is struggling. They're not that good to be fair. will take care of the Purdue boiler makers. Kevin says, can the saints be contenders next year? Not with Jameis at quarterback. You know, Jameis is solid, but that offense is really not playing well. Michael Thomas seems like he's on his way out of there. 
they finally kind of fixed their cap situation a little, but I can't imagine it's going to be going strong for a while. So, Kevin, I don't see the Saints as contenders next season. Shane asks, how has no one signed Odell? Like I said earlier, I think his list may have just been a little tight. So, you know, you, you get down to those final three teams and you got to have, you got to decide internally. Do we want to take on this risk? I think the only team that it's really worth it for would probably be the Packers. They have title chances. He could be a missing piece to potentially propel them there. Delaney says, who do you think will win with the Packers Seahawks game? And by how much, I guess you've got Rogers and Russ back for two completely separate reasons. I don't know where the game is. I got to look at the schedule really quickly, but a finger injury scares me for Russell Wilson. It sounds like Rogers is going to be released on Saturday. Packers are three and a half point favorites. I would go with the Packers. If you put a, if you told me I had to pick today. So that would be my selection. Um, One final question. Uh, We got Nolan who says thoughts on the bulls. I gave my thoughts earlier. Isaiah are the Packers legit contenders. I'll say yes. And then the final question from Max Kurzweil final question. I'm going to talk Ravens dolphins in week. uh, What are we in 10 or 11 of the NFL in a second and give you guys a little Jack people's parlay people's pick them. But Max Kurzweil says, what would you be doing if you didn't do snapback sports? So if you've made it this far in the episode, got a little, I don't even want to call it a teaser, but for those few thousand dedicated podcast listeners who listen to every episode and who are so nicely listening to my solo pod, I, with my business partner, Alex Scheiman, will be launching the Snapback Sports Agency. We are launching a sports agency with a twist. The twist is it's not really a traditional sports agency where we rep and we sign clients and, you know, we get Caruso millions of dollars. It is an agency for digital creators. And Alex and I, who's my business manager, like I said, follow him on Instagram is, is, uh, his handles in my bio. He's a really smart guy. If you guys ever want business advice, hit him up for sure. But we think we've kind of unlocked this uh, formula and the way we've built snapback over the past couple of years, really having success going on ESPN and bleacher report and growing our revenue and partnering with super, super fun brands. We want to help other digital creators and some have it figured out. You know, we love the MMGs and the Kenny Beachums of the world, but a lot haven't. And we want to help them do their thing the way that I think Snapback has grown and you guys have seen firsthand. So you are the first ones to know about this, to hear about this. We'll have a bigger announcement on this later. If you guys have suggestions on, you know, your favorite creators could be small, could be big, could be YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, whatever you think, definitely feel free to slide into the DMS and throw us some advice. We are going to have one athlete, I believe to start. Uh, he plays for the Lakers. It's probably not the most, I will say he probably doesn't have the most all-star appearances on the team, but he's a super fun young kid. And if you can guess who it is, DM me, and I will get one of you a signed Jersey of his. So that is what I'm going to be doing. 
it is going to be called the snapback sports agency or the snapback agency which i guess max <laughs> is kind of snapback sports but i want to work in sports i want to work around sports if i had to choose something completely away from sports i like traveling i like food and i really just like interacting with people that's why i love what snapback has been because i love interacting with you guys this is such a fun podcast for me just answering all y'all's questions so that's my answer that's my answer to you max now we're not going to do a break in this pod no ads none of that jazz we're going to do two things real quick we're going to do the people's pick them uh i'm going to pick all four for the people and then we are going to just do a quick breakdown of nfl week number okay so the ravens are six and two i believe with a bye week which would make this week number 10 so week number 10 in the nfl but first underdog fantasy use code jack you guys know the deal you go to pick them you place the people's pick them let's look at lamar third 300 all right this is easy for me lamar jackson under 68 and a half rush yards everyone knows when the ravens are winning that is when lamar rushes less they are huge favorites against miami and to be honest if <laughs> if they are trailing Miami, I'll take losing the people's pick them. But our first selection is going to be Lamar under 68 and a half rush yards, which will lead us to our next, you know, this is tough. You've got Lamar total yards. I can't take two Lamars. That's the rule in underdog. You got Devontae Freeman. Who's looks sprite. In the last game, he went over his 49 half rush yards. I might head to the rivals tab. Just see what's going on here. You got Hollywood and Mark Andrews rivals. Uh, Miles Gaskin receiving yards. I, I want to go with some Dolphins rivals, but let's just stick to the traditional pick them. Hollywood, 67 and a half yards. He went for 116 and 80 last game. When the Ravens were dominating the Chargers, he went for 35. So I lean his under, but everyone knows Hollywood and Lamar back in Florida where they're from. Lamar, last time he played in Miami, five touchdowns, 300 yards. Hollywood had two for 180 and two touchdowns. I mean, some silly stuff. I kind of lean Bateman. Bateman's been balling, but he's he doesn't have like a high A dot, which means average depth of target. So... I'm going to go Bateman under. He's a rookie wideout. Watkins is back. So I really feel good about this one as well. So Lamar under and Bateman under. I do think the Ravens are going to win the game. So don't worry about that. Uh, one I love right here, right off the bat, I'm going to go Jalen Waddle over five and a half receptions. Jacoby Brissett, obviously, uh, it sounds like he's going to be the quarterback tomorrow. In the last three games... Waddle's got 10 targets, 12 targets, 8 targets. It's a lot of targets, and the way they throw to Waddle is actually short and over the middle, not deep downfield. So I like his receptions better than, you know, they have arrivals of receiving yards versus Hollywood Brown. So we're going to go Waddle over five and a half receptions. I'm feeling really good about this one. And maybe we go Jasicki. He's been playing great. Um, now, he's one where maybe we go the opposite, right? He's got four, three, 
four and three receptions in the last two, but 48 and 54 yards. His line is 58 and a half. That's pretty high. Ah, that is really high. The Ravens linebacking court just absolutely terrible. Jasicki could have a massive day against the Ravens, but that is a really, really high line. Um, you can take him against Andrews. I think I'm gonna, let's just check the rivals really quickly. I like that. I get to get you guys inside my mind here. You've got uh Waddle receptions versus Jasicki. You know what? I think I'm going to do it. Any, mm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Um, I'm going to go Mike Jasicki over 58 and a half. So here's our picks. <laughs> We're going two Ravens unders and two Dolphins overs. I believe the Ravens will be winning from start to finish, meaning less receiving yards for Bateman and less rushing yards for Jackson and more catches for the Dolphins. So here's what we've got. L Jacks under 68 and a half rush yards, Bateman under 43 and a half receiving yards, Waddle over five and a half receptions and Mike Jasicki over 58 and a half receiving yards. You place 15 or sorry, 33 on that. You're going to win 330. So take that. I'll post it as well um, to the story. Okay, now let's close this out and let's just run through a quick little week number 10 of the NFL. I'm just going to highlight some games, obviously Ravens Dolphins, like I was just kind of talking about. I do foresee the Ravens kind of rolling the Dolphins. They've owned the Dolphins over the last decade, to be honest, and I don't think that changes even on a short week on the road in some nice weather. Uh, a couple stinkers, Bucks, Washington, Lions, Steelers. You've got Saints, Titans. Now, this is what we call a fishy line. The Saints, only three-point underdogs in Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a massive victory. That's really interesting to me. That's Vegas telling me something's going to go weird here, special, especially because Simeon's the quarterback and the Titans just off a massive win. That one's sketchy. I don't know how I feel about that. Another huge game of the weekend, you got the Browns versus the Patriots. Browns, huge road win against Cincy. Can they follow that up? Are the Patriots for real? I've picked against them the last few weeks. Pats fans, rightfully so, have given it to me. They dominate the Panthers 24-6. Insane win at the Chargers 27-24. They beat the Jets. They lose the Cowboys in overtime. They beat Houston they, I was at the Bucks game. They missed it by a field goal. I mean, they are playing good football. But are the Browns better without Odell Beckham? The Browns are loaded. They're missing their running backs. You know how I feel about that on this pod. I'll probably be on the Browns on Sunday. I could foresee them getting hot. I picked them to win the division. I still think they're a good football team. Baker kind of takes them. Could Belichick in that defense slow Baker down, make him think a little harder? Yes. But... I kind of like the Browns in that one. You've got Bills, Jets, Jags, Colts, Cardinals, Panthers, before you get to a, uh, a bunch of pretty solid games. Vikings, Chargers, once again, Vikings, three-point underdogs on the road at the Chargers. Chargers, one of the top teams in the AFC. Vikings seemingly cannot hold on to a lead, can't win a game, and they're three-point underdogs on the road, back-to-back -back weeks. Once again, sketchy, sketchy, sketchy stuff. I don't know what to say about that, but 
I think Minnesota's a threat. And I'll say this. The uh, Vikings bode better when they're actually trailing, when they're underdogs, when they're playing from behind. Their pass rate on first downs is what gives them success. When they're winning, when they're playing in an even matchup, they like to run the ball to Dalvin on first down, set themselves up in bad situations. If you listen to our pod with Warren Sharp, you would know why this is bad. Vikings could be trailing in this one, and that could bring out the best of a Kirk Cousins, the best of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. So one of those two will win. That's my promise to you. Either the Vikings will beat the Chargers or the Saints will beat the Titans. That's my guarantee to you of the week. Uh, A couple more games really quickly. You've got Eagles-Broncos. That's a three-point spread once again. Super sketchy. The Eagles stink. I would tell that Taves face. Why are they three-point underdogs after smoking Dallas in Dallas? That's how it goes. That's the NFL. Week to week, it gets crazy. Seahawks-Packers, we touched on that a little earlier. So much up in the air with those two. Could we see a Russell Wilson bounce back, comeback rather, Rodgers off a day? Packers 7-2, Seahawks 3-5. This feels like the Seahawks season on the line. Look, they're only a game out of the playoffs because the NFC stinks. Packers should probably just put their season to bed. Sunday Night Football is Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs favorites again. They're going to continue to favorite the Cheats. Chiefs. I didn't mean to call them the Cheats, I promise. But <laughs> I got to roll with the Raiders, to be honest. At this point, I've seen enough from Mahomes and this shell defense everyone's playing against him. He's just not the same. It's just not working. And the Raiders have the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. They did it last year. And I, I could see them doing it again. I think the Raiders are a decent, decent football team. They were kind of in a bad spot last week, you know, against the Giants. You travel across the country, early start. We see that stuff all the time. So I like the Raiders. And Monday Night Football we'll talk about in Monday's pod. You've got the Giants, Texans, Chicago, and Cincy on a bye. Not the worst for your fantasy teams. I know we got a lot of Cincy maybe. Maybe you have some Justin Fields. Maybe you have, that's pretty much it. If you're starting anyone else on those teams, you're probably not doing the greatest, but I'm excited for week number 10 of the NFL. I love the NBA season right now. It's been fun. The Knicks struggling a little tough game tonight. College basketball is alive. We didn't get to do any college basketball preview. To be honest, we got to watch some before we preview it. Abe and I aren't too, too in depth with that stuff. Uh, what else do we have going on? Soccer friendlies, tennis, women's college basketball, college football. Let me just check real quick. Make sure I'm not missing anything for the college football slate. Do we have anything good? Oh, we got Oklahoma at Baylor, number eight, verse 13. We've got Michigan at Penn State. Michigan only two-point favorites. Could Penn State upset the number six team in the country? Ohio State, Purdue and georgia tennessee that's pretty much it uh texas a&m will miss not bad texas kansas maybe texas can break our four game losing streak we're a basketball school anyways but that's it that is it 40 straight minutes of your boy talking let me know what you thought make sure you subscribe to the snapback sports pod and for jack settlement have a great weekend fam much love peace